It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. I'm Robin Colbert, and this is Madison Forum. My guest this morning is Marsha Whittington. She is with uh, a Grace. She is a Grace's chief development officer and also the executive director for the a Grace Adult Daycare Center. Marsha, thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thank you so much, Robin, for having me. Now, the um, a Grace Adult Daycare Center it was has it been a month? I, I lose track of time. Has it been a couple months now since it's been open? Actually, Robin, we opened the center at the end of July of last year. Oh, my goodness, have Um, I lost track of time. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, because of the uptick in COVID and things like that, we didn't see um, quite as much activity as we are seeing now, as more people are much more comfortable in coming out. Marsha, can you explain um, what what the whole uh, uh, premise is of uh, an adult daycare center? Is it just like a daycare center for kids, but we're looking at um, older adults or even middle-aged people with dementia and that sort of thing? Yes, you're absolutely right. It's very similar to um, a daycare center for kids. Um, The hours are 7.30 to 5.30. And families drop their loved ones off, and they participate during the day. We have lots of social activities. We provide um, breakfast and lunch and a snack. Um, Many opportunities for engagement with other seniors. Um, We have the ability to take them out and do field trips with them. Um, Just really the opportunity so that as we we see seniors age and many times um, isolation and depression sets in, this is an option for the family to say, hey, you know, mom or dad really wants to get out and, and socialize. And I'll be honest with you, Robin, when we opened, we weren't exactly sure what our clientele would look like. Yeah. Um, In our research, it had said that we would see quite a few people with some form of Alzheimer's and dementia, and I would say about 85% of our clients have some form of that. So that cognitive learning is a big piece of it as well. By stimulating the brain, we're actually able to help them um, slow down the progression a little bit, Um, like I said, stay away from isolation, and um, really keep their minds active and their bodies active. And along with that, we've seen such a wonderful gift that we're able to give to their caregivers. Because taking care of someone like this for 24-7 is really challenging. And the ability to be able to, um, you know, to give them a break so that they can take care of themselves and have some socialization is a real gift as well. Yeah, if somebody listening this morning hasn't gone through it in their life, whether their uh, parents have had to care for one another or grandparents or, you know, even siblings, um, just uh, the toll that it takes in the slow uh, progression of uh, the this disease, Alzheimer's or dementia. And you're right, the, the caregiver, I mean, they age along with the person uh, afflicted. I mean, it, it, uh, keeping up with all of it. Correct. Absolutely. And so often we see that they are such wonderful caregivers that they're not taking care of themselves or thinking about themselves. Instead, they're thinking about their 
their loved one, and um, that can put a toll definitely on that caregiver, but on the whole family as well. And uh, there there are misconceptions out there, you know, with uh, the movies or TV, you know, people uh, becoming uh, familiar with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia just from what they're seeing, that it's usually a worst-case scenario. I mean, we're talking about people still have a quality of life and uh, with these diseases. Absolutely. I mean, the disease, you know, we, we see with our clients, there's such an um, incredible range of um, people coming in with different types of, you know, cognitive impairments. And for many of them, you know, it is, uh, you know, it's a challenge, but there is great opportunity to still um, enjoy life, can continue to enjoy your family, continue to enjoy travel. Um, and what we want to offer is just that opportunity for, um, you know, to, for that continued stimulation. Um, the, the Adult Day Center is managed by an RN who has extensive experience with Alzheimer's and dementia, as well as all of our staff are trained and certified with, um, you know, that dementia certification. So they're really um, the ability for them to really work with our clients and, and you know, assist them in ways that, um, you know, we're not always available when it's just someone trying to do just the day-to-day to, to keep up with the progress of the, or the progression of the illness. And I imagine being in the company of others must do, uh, must benefit their own well-being. Oh, absolutely. We have seen um, clients actually make extremely good friends at the center. Um, you know, we it, it's interesting. We kind of almost have Men's Day and Women's Day because <laughs> um, oftentimes women choose to come when there are other women there. Um, we have a group that are big crocheters and knitters, and we have men that want to come and play cards. And so it's wonderful to see that this has become, you know, it's not only physically taking care of them, but that they're, you know, they're engaging in social activities and friendships, which may not have happened for quite some time. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, if you think that, well, they suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's, of course, it, it all depends on the stages of, uh, of it. Um, but it, you just don't write, write off people suffering from that. There's still a lot of their, their lives that they remember that they hold on to. It's just a slow progression that they, um, you know, lose. Absolutely. Oftentimes, um, when people are suffering from um, dementia, uh, they may not remember what has happened recently, but they have a um, very good uh, memory as to what happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, so one of the things that we've tried to do, even with the physical building that we are in, is um, you know try to have things that feel a little bit more like back in the 1950s. We have our area where they have um, their meals. It's set up to be like a 1950s diner, which is a lot of fun and it's active. We have a big movie theater in the theater. We can play old movies, and they love the John Wayne (laughs) and things like that. Um, So we've spent a lot of time. It took us about two years to put, you know, forth the whole plan and develop kind of what we wanted because we really did want to research and learn more about what would you know be a value to the clients that are coming? And so we feel like we have um, done a very good job of establishing that. And then this summer, we're going to start to build more of an outdoor 
um, garden space for them so that nice. there's more outdoor activities that we can do as well. Now, is this um, uh, your project here? Um, is it built off of uh, some other uh, example in the air? I-, I haven't heard of um, an adult daycare for dementia Alzheimer's. Uh, it, there's, is there any other place in Madison? Um, very few. Um, there are a couple um, an, other adult day centers, but um, one is very small and the other one um, is not located kind of where we are located. And so we are right off the Beltline and Fish Hatchery. Mm-hmm. So it's a very central location. And we're hearing from our clients that definitely there is, um, you know, having that centralization as far as if people are trying to get to work and drop their loved one off is really important. But what we learned, we did um, our research is exactly as you are saying, Robin, you know, with the progression of um, our huge population that is aging, um, there were very few um, opportunities for something like this. And so, you know, we did a lot of research into, you know, we don't want to create something that was a duplicate and we were just basically duplicating services. We really looked at it to say, um, you know, is there a need for this? And what we learned was that there there was a, a great need. And obviously, as we're seeing the growth in our census, we're realizing that more and more people, um, they're opting to want to stay at home instead mm-hmm. of going into some kind of a facility. And this is an alternative um, that they can stay in the home Um, You know, the caregiver gets a break, the client still has the opportunity for socialization, um, and it's a lot less less expensive. It's much more affordable to do something like this than having to put someone in a facility for a full-time, you know, living, uh, you know, living area. Yeah, I'm glad, Marcia, that you brought up uh, uh, price because I, I, you know, I listened to this. I'm sure many are. It's like, yes, this is the this is what we've been looking for. My God, this is a, a godsend here. Can I afford it now? Is this covered by like Medicare or? It is not. Um, the state of Wisconsin does not look at um, adult day services to be covered by Medicare or Medicaid, hmm. um, which is something that we are continuing to, um, you know, rally for to have that ability for people to, um, you know, or for for uh, the state to look at funding this. There are some options. So I, I will state that, you know, to come to the day center for a day, it's $80. Mm-hmm. And that does include all the activities as well as the meals and snack and things like that. Um, there are some options. We work very closely with the Alzheimer's and Dementia Alliance that has grants that they can offer if there is a financial need. So we have quite a few clients that utilize those grants, as well as um, uh, Dane County um, Aging also has grants that are available um, for um, services like this. Um, and then we just applied for our state licensure, and once we have that, that approval, um, then long-term care facilities or long-term care insurance, VA benefits, um, some of the um, medical assistance like Badger Care and Eye Care, those will then be an option for some of our clients as well. So we really don't want um, cost to be a barrier. So we ask when people connect with us and inquire about our services. Let us know kind of where they're at with cost, and mm-hmm. then we try to make sure to work with them and find alternatives if that if that is a barrier for them. Yeah, I was going to ask if like you have a, a like a, a financial resources office, somebody that checks, let's say you know a veteran who may not be uh, um, aware of the benefits they're due, and that could help out with this expense. 
Yes, absolutely. It's been interesting. We've had quite a bit of contact with our local um, VA and the VA hospital here who are very um, interested and eager, I believe, to refer people to us because obviously they see um, a lot of the signs that we've been talking about. And so we're, we're working with them very closely and, um, you know, moving forward with making sure that we can serve those veterans as well and, you know, take away any financial burden, that's for sure. Well, and uh, this is all obviously part of uh, uh, GRACE, uh, the GRACE Adult Daycare Center that we've been talking about. I'm talking with Marsha Whittington. She is the executive director for the Adult Daycare Center under GRACE. But GRACE is a nonprofit, uh, community-supported healthcare organization. Can you explain? I I don't think a lot of people really grasp what, oh, nonprofit, for-profit, what? <laughs> right. So yes, a grace started here in our local area about 45 years ago as um, a grassroots hospice, which, as you know, Robin is um, taking care of people at the very end of their mm-hmm. life. You know, the last six months or so. Um, at the time that we started, it was volunteer run, um, uh, and we have now grown to a hospice that's serving well over a thousand patients a day in about 20 counties here in the um, southern part of Wisconsin. Um, Our main goal is service to our um, patients and families and clients. Um, We are a nonprofit, so all the funds that we raise or all the funds that we obtain go right back into the organization to provide additional and continued services to, um, you know, to those that we're continuing to serve. Um, not only as you as we've been talking, I mean, for so long, everyone has been very aware of our hospice services. But over the last, um, you know, 10 years, we've really branched out. We now provide um, palliative care services. We have the adult day center. We also have a service called Age at Home. So it's, in, it's an in-home um, care service, which isn't medical care, but it's coming in and helping elderly people you know, do household chores, chores yeah. maybe wash their um, hair. You know, exactly yeah. things that sometimes are real challenging, and especially if people are bound to their home and not able to do a lot of um, you know transportation or movement. So we've really branched out, really focused on looking at needs for our seniors, needs for um, local communities, and obviously trying to make sure that um, there are no financial burdens and will support and help them find resources for um, the kind of care that is needed. And uh, your, uh, do I call it, yeah, your campus is right off. I remember, I'm going to age myself here, uh, Marsha, back, would it have been 98 or 99? It it was a while back when they broke ground on that uh, land for the Don and Marilyn Anderson hospice care. That's That's the beginning of the grace, right? Absolutely. That's the first building. And you're exactly right. 1999, you have a great memory. I started here in 2000, so it was right after Mm. um, we broke ground. But um, yes, we started with an 18-bed inpatient unit here in Fitchburg, um, right off East Cheryl Parkway here. And that's the down in Maryland Anderson Center. And within, oh, probably three to four years, we were already running out of space. And so we ended up um, building the Ellen and Peter Johnson residence which added um, us to be able to have 50 beds here. I will state, Robin, that the majority of our... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Patients, and as I said before, you know, we're serving about 1,000 a day. We serve in the home. Um, I know a lot of people, when they see our inpatient unit, think this is where most of our patients are. But they're really in the home because that's how hospice originated. It allowed people to stay in the home at the end of life, where for many people, that's where they want to be. So, but when that's not an option, maybe you don't have a caregiver or your caregiver is an elderly um, spouse, then our inpatient units are a great resource as well. And uh, the, the facility itself is, uh, is beautiful. It is uh, comforting. I, one of my uh, very dear friends, uh, the, an employee for many years at uh, a Grace, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately I've had some loved ones uh, there as well. The, the accommodation to those um, who are in their last stages of life is uh, unbelievable as far as if you can make it happen, you will. Absolutely. You know, we look at it as live each day to the fullest until the end of life. And in order to do that, you know, it's um, obviously the care that our clinicians provide is top notch. But along with that, we wanted to create an environment that, you know, was really respectful for our patients, um, made sure that we were responding to all of their needs. And then giving the family, who obviously is struggling when someone is passing, um, the ability to be in a in a you know an environment that's warm and inviting, and it doesn't feel like a hospital and, and private, you know, it and, and very private. Yeah. I mean, there's all private rooms, and so we really try our best to make sure that we're looking at the full kind of we call it a circle of care, which is to the patient and the family um, both, in order to be able to give them what at times can be an incredibly hard experience, but to soften that weight a little bit and allow people to. Um, die with dignity and respect, and then also be very supportive of the family that's surrounding them. You know, I recall, boy, it's almost 10 years now when uh, former Madison Police Sergeant, uh, beloved uh, Sergeant Karen Cron, uh, mm-hmm. she was, uh, do you recall Karen and at hospice? Yeah. And um, they brought uh, the horses because uh, I don't know if all the rooms, but some of the rooms have these beautiful patios. Yes, absolutely. Yes, all of our rooms do have patios that have um, large opening doors so that if a bed wants to be wheeled out onto the the patio, we absolutely can do that. And if you've seen our building, you know that we have some beautiful gardens and mm-hmm. we're kind of in, you know, in a lovely area here. But we, um, yes, we've had more than one experience where um, if a final wish, whether it's, like you said, bringing the... Um, the police horses to be able to have, you know, one opportunity again to connect with um, something that's very special to you. We've developed and created um, weddings here at A Grace where oh. someone wants to get married before um, they pass. We have had children who have passed with us where we've done photo shoots so that the family has um, some incredible memories of their um, child before they pass. So. We really try, you know, those are things that you can't put a price tag on. Those are things that are so important and lasting memories. And we actually have what we call our WISH program here, 
which is similar to like Make-A-Wish Foundation, but we provide final wishes for a lot of our patients who have um, maybe not been able to experience something that they've really uh, wanted to do or something that they've done, but it's been years and years and they want to try one final time. So we, we look at those types of emotional and those types of connections as well. I tell you, you and your coworkers at a grace have to have your game face on every day. I don't know how you do it. I, I mean, because it's an important work you're doing, uh, bringing um, dying wishes to people to make their, their passing easier on those they leave behind and themselves. How do you do that without Marcia getting just depressed every day? <laughs> well, Robin, you know, I will say um, every day I leave work and I, I feel, I hope that I've done something today that has helped someone in a very vulnerable um, you know, time in their life. And I'm not clinical, so I'm not working directly yeah. with a lot of our patients. But in the work that we do here, um, you know, it, it can be very challenging and it at times can be you know, taxing on you. But at the same time, I have witnessed firsthand in my 20 years here how much we can change what the, what the process of death can be like. And it's always challenging, but if we can make it a little bit lighter, a little less painful, um, you know, like I said, answering those final wishes, giving people um, the respect and dignity that they deserve, um, that feels pretty good. Yeah. You know, it feels like we are doing the right thing. And, um, there, you know, my office is right here in the um, Fitchburg facility. And one of the things that we do, which I think is pretty special, is when someone passes, a chime will go off here in the building. And it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. Um, we have a processional so that mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the person who's passed and their loved ones will come out the front door because that's showing them respect. Um, Anyone who is available in the building can come down and be a part of the procession or stand and give, um, you know, the respect that's deserved. And when that happens, I always try my best. It doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of budgets or anything like that. I go down and I be a part of these processionals, and it just brings it back to you as to why you're doing this. And you don't forget that every day we have people that are passing in this building And yes, there needs to be the business side of it, but you never want to forget the true mission of what's happening here. And I think that's pretty special because I think it really shows that people are here for the right reasons and that we never forget that there is such a compassionate mission to the work of a grace that we are all involved in. And end of life is uh, just a, a reality for all of us. I'd, as you had mentioned, you you had talked about uh, uh, some of the services like photos, uh, parents with children, you know, I forget, and I think a lot of people do know, a grace doesn't just tend to um, the elderly that are, you know, passing after a good, long, healthy life. 87, 95 years, you, you also, uh, there's no age uh, requirement to receive service there, right? No, there is not. Obviously, the, um, you know, mainly the only requirement is that a physician has said that if your illness progresses as it is now, um, you have six months or less to, to live. And sometimes, um, obviously, we see children, we've worked very closely with the children's hospital here when, you know, um, kids are diagnosed or sometimes they're coming right from a neonatal um, unit. Um, I'm, 
I'm happy to say that that's not the norm, okay. um, but definitely, um, you know, it does happen, and we are prepared, and we have staff that's very trained on how to deal with pediatric um, patients. I will add, too, especially on a day like today when we yes. see such tragedy in our um, in our world, um, we have a, a grief support center here in the Madison area as well that focuses on um, significant grief. You don't have to be a hospice patient to um, utilize those services, and we do a lot of work with children in our grief um, support program, especially in the schools. Um, we are in about 21 schools currently that we're providing grief support programs. Oftentimes, this is because of um, sudden death, overdose, um, you know, suicide, car accidents, just, um, you know, tragedies, as I said, that have happened in our world. And we have resources right here locally in our community that can provide those to kids, which I think is really important because um, situations like that can affect children, you know, all their life if they're not getting the support that they need. So just another service that a Grace really um, is proud to be able to provide our local community. You know, you bring up and uh, you just have a sick feeling I'm not alone. Uh, many of us do in our stomach all day today following what happened in in Texas yesterday. When, when Obviously, you know, uh, uh, Grace, uh, the center, is uh, has uh, technology at its fingertips, TVs everywhere. When that's, I'm just kind of curious, when that sort of thing is unfolding, uh, is there a protocol? You shut the TVs off, or do people? I mean, it just seems like wow. I, I just on top of all grief already to see something like that play out. Right. Right. We don't specifically have a protocol to that, but but our grief, um, our spiritual and grief um, counselors, as well as all those that work in our community grief, are prepared um, and ready to respond if there are um, needs that you know people reach out to us with. Um, they are all trained um, in, you know, this type of grief that's taking place. Um, you know, and it's different because grief happens at different times. And all of a sudden, a tragedy like what we saw happen yesterday can trigger um, sure. grief that may have happened a long time ago. And so we're prepared to provide um, that type of, uh, you know, type of need and type of service I've talked to the managers in both of those areas this morning already, and they're they're prepared. Um, and and we see that with you know many different tragedies that happen within our nation. Um, that you know it affects people differently, and sometimes it touches home for you know people right here in our local community. Even though it didn't take place here, um, it can trigger grief that has you know happened years ago. So. We're prepared to be able to provide and support, you know, not only those in the community, but also our staff. Um, you know, it's it's challenging at times when things like this happen because we deal with death every day. Yeah, yeah. And then when something so sudden happens like this, there's the, the level of how to, you know, how to uh, continue to be able to provide support when... You know, this is going to be a topic that many of us are discussing, you know, in the weeks to come. Yeah, back in the day when you were, you know, thinking about when you're growing up, going through school, looking at, uh, you know, careers, uh, grief counseling, you never heard of it. Now, unfortunately, it's become a very sought after profession. Absolutely. Um, You know, we have an incredible team of grief counselors here, and um, we are known definitely as the experts in um, grief. Whenever there is, 
any type of incident that takes place in our local community. And we, you'll see it on the news and kind of we are behind the scenes coming in and helping to support. We work with a lot of first responders, um, EMS, fire, police. They all know they can reach out to us when they see tragedy and are in need of um, support for whether it's families or businesses or, or you know, organizations, schools. Um, so we've really developed a close yes. relationship in our local community to pr- be able to, um, you know, provide those services as well. And uh, as we're getting up on, on time here, Marsha, we could go on and on. <laughs> um, a, a lot of uh, uh, the services you provide uh, made made uh, possible by donations, correct? Absolutely. Um, Grace has a, um, a, a wonderful foundation um, that is, um, supported so much by the community. I mean, we talked about these buildings here. Um, these buildings would not have all been here, these inpatient units, if it wasn't for community donations. 100% of these buildings were built by the community. Um, and it continues, uh, there continues to be a need. A lot of the things that we just talked about today are services that you're not going to find at every hospice. These are unique to a grace, and part of that is because of um, because of our foundation and community support. And, you know, people step up and make donations, and we're able to provide a lot of these services without charge to our, you know, patients, clients, families. And that's a huge gift. Yeah. And that just um, reflects how philanthropic our local community is in making sure that this type of service is here and able to meet the needs. So we thank all of you who have um, stepped up and um to grace over the years to allow us to continue to meet the needs of our community. And Marsha, you know, we were talking about um, the Grace Adult Daycare Center not covered by Medicare, but hospice service is, correct? Absolutely, yes. So any of our clinical services that we provide are covered by Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and um, any, if you have to come into our inpatient unit and use this um, kind of as a hospital at the end of life, even mm-hmm. your room and board is covered here. The only thing that's not covered is if you utilize our residence and then you, you somewhat utilize this as your home at the end of life, that room and board would not be covered. But overall, um, the hospice benefit under Medicare and Medicaid is very expensive. Yeah. And and I know you have a lot of fundraisers too. Is there anyone that's coming up that you want to give a quick plug before we have to go? Absolutely. Yes. June 5th. We have our Race for a Grace. It's Sunday morning, starts at 9 a.m. Um, it's a wonderful uh, run-walk here out in the Fitchburg area, kind of going through um, some of these wonderful trails out here. And if you have an interest in participating, just go on to the a Grace website, which is agrace.org, and you can find out information about the event, Race for a Grace, as well as all the services that we talked about today, Robin. If you have, need more information or um, just want to explore a little bit about some of these services, please check out the website. Absolutely. Well, Marsha, it was a pleasure having you. Marsha Whittington, she is the Executive Director of a Grace Adult uh, Daycare Center here in Madison and also is uh, the Chief Development Officer at a Grace. You've been listening to Madison Forum. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.